This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 777. More comic review catch up for February 2020. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 777 as we take a look at an even more review catch-up from releases that came out back in February. That's right, February. Three months ago, a long time ago. Uh, it's kind of crazy that we haven't had new comics in so long, that like April, we just didn't have any. And I guess there have been digital releases from in, in May. And I'm not even... It's so weird. I find myself disconnected and kind of being like, yeah, comics will come back at some point, but when are they come back? Like, I'm not even... I don't even figure out, like, I have my finger on the pulse. Like, I was used to... When I was younger, I'd be like, you know, always knowing what was coming out when. And then at some point, I was just like, oh, so much. And then with all, with all the pandemic stuff, I'm kind of like, I, I don't know if I care to, to be on the pulse, you know? Uh, there's books coming out, and there's so much news to follow with, like, you know, the distribution patterns and when certain books are going to be available from D.C., and they're going to be on Tuesdays, and it's just like, ah, that seems like such heavy noise. I'm just waiting for, you know, regular releases to start happening again. Even at Marvel, they're not really going to happen because you're going to have staggered releases where one week you're going to have new issues, uh, single issues, and then the following week you have a bunch of trades, which I think is probably the best way to do it, ease everyone back into it. Um, but it's just, it's just weird. The whole thing is weird. Anyways, I'm going to talk about some books from February uh, that I finally got a chance to read. Uh, these are nine more books from February. I'm not giving a, a rating for them, just kind of a general overview of what I thought about the books. It's going to be about two minutes an issue, so not a, not a big um, outlay of your time to listen to. Uh, first up, we have a book that uh, I'm not surprised that I like, but I'm really enjoying it, which is Amazing Spider-Man Daily Bugle. Uh, this is number issue two of five by Matt Johnson on plot and script with Matt Mac Chater on art for page one to 12 and Francesco Mobili from uh, pages 13 to 20. And then uh, I guess on colors, you have Dono Sanchez Almara and Proto Bunker doing pages one to four and seven to 20 with Pete Penditazis, uh, I guess, stepping in to help out for pages five to six. Kind of weird and interesting that that's how, like, it's a miniseries. I'm just curious what happens in the development of a miniseries when you have, uh, you know, an artist change in the middle of a book like this. Like, what's going on there? Um, that being said, I, I'm, I'm digging it. I just felt like there was a lot more Spider-Man in this issue. Um, but I am enjoying the overall story that we're getting. And I always think that there's a lot of potential for, you know, Daily Bugle stories. Um, I, it's interesting that you know, I think we're kind of past the heyday of you know, really caring about some of these characters, uh, the Daily Beagle characters, like we did back in the day. Uh, when there used to be more of a kind of a vibrant sense of who all these characters were, but it's nice to kind of have a story like this. And, um, yeah, no, and, you know, it's nice. Again, it's, it's coming back to Fisk. It, you know, it, this is a cool type of story, and it feels like there's a lot of intrigue going on. Um, I enjoyed it uh, for the most part. I, I thought it was really good. Uh, next up is Aquaman 57. Uh, this is by Kelly Sue DeConnick. This is the Amnesty finale called Zebel's Daughter. Uh, Robson Roca and Daniel Henriquez on art with Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors and Clayton Cowles on letters. Um, I really enjoyed this. I'm, I'm still I'm back and forth on liking uh, Aquaman's look, um, but I did like this issue. Um, I did like the way that Mira was written, although at times... I thought she almost looked too hard, considering the dialogue that was going on. But um, and even there's some beautiful shots here, like um, Aquaman picking up Mira and going into the water and just kind of vanishing with her as they swim underwater was a, a nice touch as well. Um, you know, this is really interesting to kind of see where they're moving the characters. I like the use of Ocean Master and Volko. Um, I thought it was a, a you know some really great touches, and uh, yeah, I'm 
really excited to see where we go from here. And I love that last page of just uh, Aquaman holding, um, you know, his daughter in his arms and just saying, hello, princess, daddy's here. Um, as a, you know, a father, like that's, that was that, I felt like that really resonated. That really hit me um, emotionally. I'm excited to see where they go with this. Um, I haven't read, I don't believe I've read anything from March uh, yet for Aquaman. Uh, next up is Atlantis Attacks, number two, which I'm actually really enjoying. It's by Greg Pak with artwork by Ario Anandito and Robert Gill with uh, Rochelle Rosenberg on color art. Um, I really dug this. Um, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird book. You know, I feel like we've had a lot of Atlantis kind of attacking things lately in terms of what Namor's been doing. But um, I, I I like this because it felt very concise. It, there's a specific reason why um, Namor is doing something that brings him into. Um, a conflict with the both the new agents of Atlas and the old agents of Atlas. There's some subterfuge. There's you know something happening that isn't what it appears to be, which is going to you know fuel a very big battle. Um, I thought this was actually really well done, and I, I felt like again there was a lot of intrigue, a lot of different levels. I thought it was an easy to grasp story. The characters make sense. I like the character interactions we're getting. Um, we're setting up a bit more of a feud between Namor and Amadeus Cho, which I think is interesting. Uh, it's easy also to forget how far Amadeus Cho has come as a character in terms of his, like, he's really aged up in a big way, and it's just funny that you have a lot of characters in the Marvel Universe who don't really age, and usually Normie Osborne's one of them, and yet a character like Amadeus Cho has really run the gamut from, like, the little kid to, like, you know, a Hulk, and now he's Braun, but it's, it's interesting to kind of chart his history. Uh, next up is Avengers 31. This is The Temptation of Tony Stark, written by Jason Aaron, artwork by everyone. Uh, Gerardo, Safino, Geraldo, Borges, Simon Kudransky, Basildua, Robert Gill, and Mat- Mattia de Lulis, uh, with uh, letters by Virtual cal- Calligraphy, Joe Caramagna. Color art- c- artists are Rochelle Rosenberg and Mattia de Lulis. Um, yeah, so you're getting a lot of different stuff here. Um, which makes sense because of how the, written, the story is, is kind of written, and you see a lot of different elements. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like the whole Namor in, it's not Namor, Iron Man in the past story I thought was interesting uh, to kind of see the character kind of break down. You have the different uh, artists kind of conveying that story. I thought it was pretty cool. I like the the Ice Age Man. I thought it was, a, 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 again, a cool concept as well. Um, like the idea of Mephisto uh, being used here. Um, I thought this was pretty good. And, again, I like how it really pushes um, uh, Tony into a very, you know, weird place. I'm interested to see where the finale is leading to, but um, yeah, I thought this was you know definitely an interesting issue. Uh, next up is Avengers of the Wastelands. I do have to remember for some of the stuff I've read the issues after them, but I have you know I I feel like again these months some of these books I've read a while ago and some of them I've read more recently and I, I had kind of partitions of books from January, February, March, and then I was reading a bunch of each, and then like I have a stack of March books I've already read, which I'm going to talk about on our next reviews episode. But I, I it's it's getting harder to remember what I even read so i'm excited for new comics like brand new comics because then i keep myself to a regular schedule where i gotta read them at a certain time to talk about them on the podcast and i feel like everything ends up a lot more um permanent in my brain or at least i remember things better uh avengers of the wastelands number two by ed brisson and jonas scharf um 
with uh, Niraj Minon on colors. I really am enjoying this book. I love the use of Account of Fairy here. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I like that you have this this new kind of Captain America character who was originally a, a Latverian lieutenant, a lieutenant of Latveria. I'm really excited to kind of see how this character integrates into the team. Um, the issue past this is pretty great too, but um, we see just how violent this you know unhinged Captain America light, so to speak, could be or is, um, which is really interesting. I am liking the dynamic of the team as they're kind of traversing the area and they, they find a vivid vision here. Um, and they get confronted by barren blood. Um, this is, you know, again, I, I don't know why, but I'm just, I'm really invested. I'm really loving the take on the characters. It's interesting what they can do with the kind of the, the wasteland or the, the old man Logan era, uh, kind of, uh, alternate future. It's interesting how much good stuff has come out of it. Like, I don't think there's really been a, a bad book yet. Like I loved, um, well, first of all, the old man Logan when it was dead man Logan that was a great kind of send off for that character I've loved old man Quill or was it yeah I think that's what it was called I love the old man Hawkeye well obviously the original old man Logan's pretty good I would actually say in some ways it's it's the you know it has so much flash but not as much substance um it's but it's such a stylish book whereas a book like Hawkeye or Quill I thought had a lot more substance and character that really developed those stories and I really really dug them um so yeah Avengers of the Wastelands I really highly recommend it it's really good um next up Deceased Unkillables number one uh I can't remember what happened in the main Deceased book in terms of the ending but I gotta say I'm loving this book so far and I've read two issues but um uh I love the beginning it's all but with Deathstroke I wish that he was more the focus because it was just such a fascinating read. Um, just the the first, like, what, 10 pages with him. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor, artwork by Carl Mostert, inks by Trevor Scott, Neil Edwards, and John Livesay, and I guess Rex Locus on colors. Um, I thought, again, it has such an in- intriguing cool premises because we're not dealing with the kind of the main deceased event we're dealing with like kind of this of these other things that happen so we have more character centric um following of you know seeing what happens to deathstroke we're seeing what happens to jason todd and how he ends up kind of teaming up with um uh what's his name well eventually with ravager but uh how ravager and and uh deathstroke team back up together and they end up going being saved by the mirror master and, and uh uniting with vandal savage um and his you know big squad of big guys trying to save you know stay alive um you have uh jason todd teaming up with uh batgirl and gordon and saving children and again really interesting stuff um, you know, I don't always love this kind of apocalyptic, you know, zombie kind of fiction or anti-life fiction, but, uh, I really dig this. And, uh, this was a, a very strong recommend for me. Um, I really enjoyed it and couldn't wait to read the second, the third issue, sorry, second issue. And I'm excited for it to come back so I can read more of it. Uh, flash forward number six. I realized when I read it, I was like, did I even read the last five issues? Like, that being said, like it feels like it moves pretty quickly. Got which is, I guess, an unintentional pun. I'm not a big fan of how Brett Booth makes Wally West look. I don't know. Some with the hair looks it's like this giant poof. I don't understand what's going on there. It was interesting to see Giant Iris or Jay and Iris, I should say, um, in costumes that are like pre-New 52, very old school DC, before they kind of got junked up with looking, you know, too metallic or too many speed lines or all this stuff, right? So they're like from a different era, and then you have Wally West there in his 
costume, which I'm not a huge fan of, um, which is, you know, again, looking a little bit more metallic and that kind of weird sheen to it. I'm not, a, I haven't been a huge fan of it since he started wearing it. Um, but, you know, the, this, they're trying to kind of explain how Wally West is able to bring his children back, but also kind of at his own sacrifice. And it's one of those things where it just kind of makes you squint and go, like, what the fuck is happening with DC continuity? Like, you know, um, we have a version of Linda, Linda Park who doesn't like kind of remembers, but doesn't really know anything about Wally. And then suddenly her kids are back and she remembers everything, but then her husband's gone. Like, does she remember everything? Like how, what the, like what happened? What didn't happen? Like, that's the problem with DC, like Marvel. They just kind of, it's sliding time scale. Everything happened, but you can kind of, you know, forget some things or work around some things, but generally speaking, what happened happened. And then DC, who knew the fuck knows what's going on. And that's frustrating. And this is a book that really kind of, to me, exemplified that. Interested to see where we go from here, because now we have a version of Wally West who's now in the Moby's chair and doing all this other stuff, but, like, we'll see where that actually goes. Um, But, yeah, it was kind of a weird book. Uh, Superman Heroes, which is all about uh, heroes kind of reflecting on the truth that uh, Superman has revealed. And, you know, parts of this were good, parts of it were bad. I did like uh, Booster Gold yelling out Clark Kent, which I thought was really interesting. I liked him uh, finally kind of like kind of expanding, telling Clark that he knew, but didn't, you know, didn't want to like spoil it or ruin it. And it's just an interesting issue. There's some highlights, there's some lowlights. There's a lot of stuff I didn't really care for, but some of the stuff is I thought really, really strong. And um, yeah, it was, it was a very uneven book in general. I would say that. And last but not least, we have uh, Flash. 88 is it and uh which i enjoyed um still hate the stupid extra speed lines in the costume but uh joshua williamson and howard porter i mean howard porter is born to be a flash artist uh this is the flash age prelude called paradox and we learn all about the paradox character and i I feel like a lot of it just doesn't make a lot of sense but also in a flash book it feels like it does um i did love seeing a a thon here i thought that was cool uh interested to see how they use godspeed um yeah, and it was obviously a tragic story about the creation of this character, and I'm interested to see what we get from, like, after this. Um, but yeah, and that's what you missed in February. This, I think, might be, I think this is, the last February uh, recap episode I'm going to do. I'm probably going to do two weeks of March, and I think by then we'll be back with new comics. Um, so this has been fun. Anyways, it's kind of nice to also not put ratings and reviews, like just kind of talking about impressions and how I felt about the issues. I feel like I might start doing that in the future uh, and just going to stop putting an actual uh, number rating. I'm not really sure. Anyways, thanks for uh, joining me for episode 777. Next episode will be Al Ewing on the show, talking about Immortal Hulk, amongst other things. You can always email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.